You are listening to Life Improvement Radio right here on the Helium Radio Network. Hey everybody, Aaron Richmond here again with another exciting episode of Aaron's Opinion, the podcast for blind people where we speak about critical issues in the blindness community. How is everyone doing today? Don't forget, telephone number for text message contributions or voicemails or you just want to call me and talk. one 681 9869 that number again, one two four zero six eight one nine eight six nine. Aaron's Opinion Six at gmail.com. Follow on Facebook, Twitter, follow on YouTube, subscribe there if you want, comment below on the video. All would be great. Don't forget, even consider becoming a patron on my Patreon page. I appreciate the support. All right. Endurance is a really important skill in life for anyone, especially if you have a disability or you're blind. And in this afternoon's episode, uh, we would like to bring to you uh, my interview that I had and actually recorded um, on the 14th of June at 2000 New York, 8 p.m. New York. I recorded a great interview um, with a man by the name of Jason Ray. Um, who goes by Jason Ray. He is the creator of the Endurance Required podcast. And I just loved that title. I loved the way he approached it. And I loved his whole perspective on life. He's really witty, really cool, really friendly, really just a really, just such a great guy to, to talk to. He has so much information um, about his interesting perspective. Now, he's not blind, okay? But he is in a wheelchair and he has... Um, a lot of his own his own challenges that he's overcoming through endurance, um, and he just he just has a really good attitude about life, and that life is difficult, but he just has to endure, um, and that's that's the way that goes. So he did a really 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 nice job. Um, okay, um, so there you go. We're going to call this episode endurance, uh, as I like to say. Um, it's Thursday. It's twelve o'clock. And now here's Aaron's opinion on Life Improvement Radio on the Helium Radio Network. So I would like to begin the interview this evening by saying, uh, Jason Ray, welcome to Aaron's opinion, of course. Thank you. Um, You are very welcome. And uh, I would just like you to know for one to start off with that I am already very pleased with endurance required. Now, just to go back into time a little bit, let me first ask you, so Jason, have you had a chance to uh, give any of my content to play? Have you looked through uh, my content? It's totally fine if you have not, but I'm just curious. Yeah, I have. Uh, Went through one episode. uh, That's all I have. And I'm really impressed. I, I really like what you're doing. I, I appreciate I appreciate that. Thank you. I say thank you for your kindness. I, I, I do appreciate it. The, the reason I asked is to start by saying that, you know, as you might have heard, the reason I started Aaron's opinion is I was listening to a lot of podcasts um, in the disability community or for blind people. And I was noticing, and in my opinion, a lot of these podcasts are just not open enough. And I'm a teacher by trade, and I'm someone who loves to talk, I love to educate, and I love to share, share my opinions, you know, whether, whether people like them or not. So 
uh, since I love to talk to myself, well, why don't I push record? And it basically me pushing record, recording me giving out my opinions turned into a show, turned into a podcast over, you know, over a period of time without, without me really, <laughs> without me really noticing it or really actually intending to do that. I just kind of right. got in, got into it. And then I just love doing it. So endurance required. Now, I really like that title. So what's the history of endurance required? And why did you get into podcasting so recently? What's going on? Well, uh, I chose endurance required because it takes endurance when you're living with disabilities. And but not only for us, it takes endurance for those who who are around us, for our friends, our family members, those who help help us uh, with our our day to day stuff or whatever it is. It takes endurance. And that's that's why I chose that name. And I'd been thinking about doing a podcast for a while. I used to be in broadcasting until I became disabled. And uh, I I thought about it. And a friend of mine said, hey, why don't you do a podcast? So, OK, I'll, I'll do it. And that's how this came about. I got to thinking of, you know, my experiences. In fact, a friend of mine said, why don't you talk about your experiences? And I thought, well, that's a good idea. And then we can just, uh, you know, we can just uh, go on that and make it to other people, you know, other different types of disabilities. Because people, when they think disability, they think of the same thing. They don't understand that there's different types of disabilities and there's different, different types of requirements for those people who are disabled. And so that, that was my whole purpose of the podcast was to, to just make people aware and also for all of us to come together as a community and say, hey, this is what I deal with and this is what I deal with. Here's, here's how I cope with this. And, and I decided, well, let's just, let's just do the podcast about that. Huh, huh. Funny you mention it because it sounds, it sounds so similar to Aaron's opinion. Why are these stories so similar? It's getting really weird. It's like, you know, everybody in the disability community really needs strong podcasters like, like you and I to really start educating people about these issues. Everything you said, a lot of that is the same reasons why I created Aaron's opinion, because I feel that there are not enough strong voices in the community. Um, right. Now, now you said you said several very interesting things. You said that you had been working in broadcasting until you were disabled. So why did why did your disability stop you from working in broadcasting? Because I can't sit down for, uh, you know, a, a period of time. I have to stand up. And if I stand up, it hurts. Sit down, it hurts. And so being on the air, being on radio just wasn't going to work for me. Um, because I looked into it and like I said, I, I can't, it's hard for me to get comfortable when I sit down because uh, I have to fidget around and everything. And, and uh, you know, in that type of setting, you, you just can't do it. Now, uh, there you can do uh, voiceover work from home, but once again, it might, I might have to do a re record, a recording when I'm not feeling up to it. I'm in pain, my sciatic nerves are hurting. And, and so, the podcast, I can work around that. Right, sure, because you can record whenever you want. And I think that is truly the, the beauty of podcasting. We're, we're recording this on, on a Monday night, but actually when it goes out onto the radio station, onto the network, it's going to be some Thursday afternoon. So people listen, you know, at all sorts of times all over the world. You know, it's a 
it's kind of an omnipresent thing, I think, with the podcasting. But so what did you do in radio, though? Of course, I'm fascinated by broadcasting and radio. What, what did you do? I, uh, I was a DJ. And then I also worked as a talk show producer. I never was on a talk show, but I, I was the producer of a talk show. Oh, great. Uh, and so, yeah, this, is, this was different for me to actually be the host of a, of a podcast or talk show. And then I was also a news anchor and reporter in radio. Oh, excellent. So um, what, what talk show, if you would like to tell me, what talk show did you, did you, direct, did you uh, produce? I produced, um, well, it was a local show here back in the early 90s called Sports Line. And uh, then I've done two or three others. Uh, and the, the names escape me because it's been several years ago. Uh, but I did two or three on a national level that uh, I was able to do from here in Tulsa. Oh, okay. So you say national level. So were you, um, was your station like on, at the, uh, at, at, at the cumulus level, what, you know, what network, what stations, um, did, did you work for? Uh, yeah, I worked for, uh, it was KRMG is where I had, uh, the sports line and that was the local station here in Tulsa. Uh, and then, uh, the others were on a national, it was a satellite radio. Uh, hmm. this is back in the mid nineties when I did those. Uh, the Dr. Dr. Harvey Rubin show is one that I did, uh, now that I think of the name. And then there was uh, Women of the Roundtable, which was also here locally, but it was on a satellite radio and then also on a station out in, um, well, it was a station here in Oklahoma and then a station in Georgia. Hmm. Hmm. Excellent. Well, you know, nowadays radio is totally is totally changing. They have podcast stations now where you can just, you know, have a podcast on a radio station. Now it's completely different. Everything basically every so many more people are able to to participate in radio and broadcasting than than ever before. Um, and you know, I, I, I'm one of these people who studied international affairs, but I actually wanted to be a radio personality to some degree. And I think podcasting is very similar to that in a lot of ways. It so, is. It so is. there's some there's some similarity. And I think more and more people are turning to podcasts and more and more people are are listening. Um, yeah, I think I think that's that's a great idea. Um, you know, with, with, with to to expand your podcast. Um, now, the other very interesting comment that you made is that you you kind of said, uh, and if I understood you properly, that you know everybody has the same image of disability. I'm curious, what what image do you think of when you say that the public has the same image of, of disability as you said? Uh, physical, like have to use a wheelchair, right. walker. And that that's that's what I, I feel like most people think of when they hear disability, mm -hmm. they automatically go to wheelchair. And, right. you know, it, 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 that's not the case. There are several others that, uh, you know, can affect your daily lives all the time. Sure, sure. And there are a lot of these um, cognitive disabilities these invisible disabilities, as we say, where the, the person has it, but it's not something that you physically see. Right. Um, and those, I think, are the are the disabilities that truly, truly, truly impact us. Um, I, I will, you know, speak to you from the bottom of my heart and tell you that, you know, I am I am blind. Um, I have glaucoma. You know, I also have something wrong with my heart. It's a bit of a long story. 
And I'm also very, very, very mildly um, Asperger-y, autistic-ish. So, you know, I, I can mm-hmm. relate to the fact that j- just because you see a disability, it doesn't mean that that's the only one. And just because right. you don't see a disability, it doesn't mean that there's no disability. Yes. Now, now that we have that out of the way, the other thing you said, though, is that the requirements are, are different. Now, what do you mean by, I, I slightly, I slightly kind of disagree with the way that you said that, but can you explain it a little further? What do you mean by the requirements are, are different? Well, I, what I meant to sure. me, meant by that is um, requirements are different as far as those who are handicapped and as though, uh, than those who aren't, you know, in other words, your normal person can go on a vacation and just go on the vacation. But if you have a disability, it's not that easy. Uh, I wasn't talking about a disability has a diff- more advantage over another one. It was more like, you know, those without disabilities, their requirements are different because they don't have any requirements. Uh, but those of us who are have requirements and, and going on vacation, it's different. Uh, you know, I have to call and see what places are, you know, handicap accessible and, and how handicap accessible they are, you know, because some parts of a museum or whatever, they can't be. So, uh, you know, that that's what I would meant. And I, I didn't mean to mislead you on that. But yeah, I meant that it's uh, different for people without disabilities than it is with those who have it. Ah, got it. Got it. Because I, I think, yeah, because I think the, the requirement should be the same that whether you have a disability or not, you right. need to be, well, what I mean by, by the same is I mean that people with disabilities still need to be participating in society regardless of, regardless of the disability. But right. you are, you, you're, you're absolutely right. The, um, yeah, no, I, I, I totally understand you requirements, I guess, parameters maybe because I don't know I I, yeah I know I I understand the point maybe maybe requirements is not is not a perfect word perhaps but I I I do I do see what you're saying yeah yeah um and this is and I'm I'm sure that you understand it um when I tell you that these requirements don't just apply to people in wheelchairs they apply to 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 blind people too and that this is quite quite a a very 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 common a very very common issue um, I find the, I find that the highest or the most frequent levels of barrier or some form of discrimination, especially when I travel or if I'm in a public place, tends to be if I'm on a tour or trying to do some sort of a physical activity. Um, or any activity that seems to be, seems to pose a danger to me. That's where I find that people truly question, you know, my blindness. Right, um, yes. You know, so it's, it's those types of things, and it's very few things. I will say to be, to be positive, to be an, an optimist, which, by the way, don't get your hopes up. I'm a very pessimistic person, but, <laughs> okay. but to be, but to be, I, 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 I almost, I almost misled you there. She's, you almost thought I was an optimist. <laughs> but I, I have noticed that there are very few places where, in my opinion, blind people face significant discrimination and what I mean by that is there's very few times where I can say that my blindness truly prevented me from doing something. 
if there was a time, it usually had to do about doing an activity that was physical or perceived to be dangerous for me or to be perceived to be a liability uh, to the person running the activity. If it's, none of, if it's none of those things, then I find that we still have significant issues with society, not understanding uh, the capabilities of blind people. But those, you know, the, the, the other problem is, is that the people who are not truly on board with being supportive of people with disabilities are not the same people who listen to Aaron's opinion or endurance required. You know, those those people kind of go about their own business. And I have also found this out very, very quickly, um, which is another another interesting thing that people, you know, people pe- pe- people right. do disappear very, very quickly. Exactly. Um, in issue in issues of 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 discrimination. And I and I, I imagine that you have faced discrimination. I will tell you that I have faced discrimination. Um, and every time I've had to move on with my life, because this is how life, that's life. You just can't, you, you know, we can't spend our entire lives, you know, making, making issues and suing people, you know, if I was, right. if we were still doing that. And the, and the reason why I'm, I'm saying it is because I think I, I feel that, and I, and I, I respect your opinion about this, but I feel that there's this perceived notion in in the disability community, that when us disabled people get out get out into public, we just want to sue people and we want to get lawyers and we want to harass people. And I, I think that's really it's really not true. Right. Um, yeah, it's not. We're just, you know, people think that, but we're just wanting it to be equal. We're not out to sue anybody and we're not looking to sue anybody, but it's just, I don't think they understand that we can't do as much because everything's tilted for them and there's nothing in the middle for us. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly the problem. That's exactly the problem. Um, and also, I've noticed, and I, I want your opinion about this, that I personally have faced a lot of discrimination in airports. Um, but what about you? Have you ever faced any difficulties in airports? Not in airports. Um, Fortunately, uh, I haven't experienced that. In fact, uh, good uh, with my yeah with my wheelchair. There, I've I've noticed one thing. They are very accommodating for people in wheelchairs. Uh, I will say that. Uh, yeah. Now you can't use your wheelchair on the plane. Uh, if you can get to your seat, they will help you get to your seat, and then they'll stow the wheelchair underneath the the cargo area, and then they give it right back to you when the plane lands. Uh, so I'm not sure how the electric wheelchairs are. But, you know, my manual wheelchair, they actually are, are very accommodating. And, and I haven't had any experience of uh, discrimination in an airport. Mm-hmm. Funny, funny you say it, because a lot of times us blind people are oftentimes forced or suggested that we sh- that we need to sit in, the, in a wheelchair and be wheeled to the gates as if we are not able to walk. Uh-huh. I, yeah, I had, had noticed that that's sad, you know, that's oh, okay. really sad. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, in, so I'm, let, l- let me, let me go back. I'm glad that they're, I'm glad that, that when you need a wheelchair, I'm glad that they accommodate it. But I think 
that it needs to be known that blind people who are able to walk do not need a wheelchair. Right. Yes, exactly. Um, and I have, I have had to write letters to FAA and to various advocacy organizations uh, about a particular incident um, that I, I don't need to go into all of the details, but there was something happened about four years ago in an airport um, and it, it was bad and I, I had to speak up about it. So um, they, they, they do seem to have an obsession with wheelchairs at airports and can, can you tell me a little bit more about that? What is, um, is there some reason why airports feel the need to utilize wheelchairs so much? I, I don't know. That's, you know, I hadn't, hadn't thought of that, but I haven't, haven't seen a reason why they do. Uh, the only thing I can think of is they can get uh, someone there faster, maybe, and they can speed up the process, but I, I'm not sure why they, why they do that. Hmm. Hmm. Well, my, my pretty harsh opinion is that if, if you're blind and you're able to walk, we, we need to be allowed to walk to the gates. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Um, now, I, I think someone like you who is in a wheelchair, I think we need to let you use your wheelchair and we need to let us <laughs> blind people walk to the gate and let, let right. them, if, if you need a wheelchair, take one. But, but the, oftentimes the, the behavior of some of these individuals who work in the airports is simply has quite frankly gotten worse every year. And unfortunately, a few years ago, it got, it got to a tipping point. And that's the other thing is that, you know, if, if issues don't get to a point of a tipping point, the bad problems just keep getting worse and worse and worse. They do. So, exactly. and, but the problem with that is that outside of you and I who pay attention to these things and educate people and have podcasts outside of that, um, the problems keep building up until something really bad happens. I would rather people solve small problems than solve big problems. Right. Um, but that doesn't seem to be, you know, really, you know, really how, how things work. Right. So, what are some of the topics that you hope to uh, address in um, endurance required? I mean, I think you've only put out maybe a couple episodes so far, right? Uh, yeah, I, I added one last week, and it was just uh, it was just what my life is like daily uh, being hand and the stuff I can no longer do because I wasn't born handicapped. Uh, I became handicapped. And so, I became disabled. Right. And I think for me, as someone who was born, you know, born blind with glaucoma, um, I have a syndrome that is now called Kabuki's syndrome, I believe, uh, Peter's anomaly syndrome, where you're blind, in my case, blind and have something wrong with my heart. I, I cannot, I cannot understand what it must be like to become blind as an older adult. So I'm not going to be able to understand what it must be like right. to, you know, all of a sudden have like, have a, like, isn't that weird to like be able-bodied and then have something happen and then you're having to have a disability all of a sudden? Like, yes, whoa, yes, it, it is. It's strange. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, really, it's really weird for me to under, I mean, I probably won't really be able to understand it, but can you try to put it into words so I can understand what, like kind of what that's like, like what happens? Like, sure. Um, you know, I, we, my family and I, we love to travel and we used to go on long road trips Hmm. And in fact, it was a long road trip where I 
I became disabled. Uh, oh. And yeah, so, uh, and I can't go on long road trips anymore. If I go on a long trip, it has to be, and we have to fly. So mm-hmm. it's frustrating for me when my family goes on a road trip and I can't be there experiencing the same thing they are. They've got these memories that they're creating and I don't have any part of those memories. And so that, that's been a really, really difficult thing for me. Uh, and, uh, you know, and just not being able to do the everyday task like I used to. I mean, I, if I do dishes, if I do laundry, if I do any of those things, I end up being in so much pain that I, I just can't hardly move around for a while. Uh, the thing with me is the more active I am, the more I hurt. So the best thing for me is rest. And, uh, you know, it's just making an adjustment has been the biggest part for me, especially traveling. Traveling is the one that I, I miss the most. My wife and I, if it's real close, we'll go do a weekend trip, you know, around here. But otherwise, we'll do a, we'll try to do a week, week-long trip, you know, somewhere far away so we can enjoy the time together. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't get to have those family memories of trips like I used to. Hmm. And uh, would you mind if I ask you what happened on one of these trips? How, what actually happened? Like how- no, no. Um, we, uh, we were uh, driving in our minivan and the left front wheel, the whole entire wheel flew off going down the interstate. Oh. And, and I had to, uh, I had to uh, control the vehicle and get it off to the side of the road, and keep my family safe. Uh, and come to find out I have a bad back. I have a back of an 80 year old and I'm 50, but it was that incident that all the jarring and everything that caused it to get to the point where I'm now disabled. I see perhaps the, I mean, obviously I, I, I am not a doctor, but I would say maybe the stress of that whole incident, um, stress has a tremendous impact on our, on our health. So probably that was, could have been a factor too. Yes. Yes, definitely. Mm, Yeah. 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 There's a lot more, um, research about the way that stress impacts our lives. And a lot of people with disabilities or a lot of people have a lot of stress and it, it's really bad. It's really unhealthy. So, Hmm. I see. I see. Well, that is, uh, very that's very very interesting and very strange for yeah for 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 for, for sure um, right so then um how how do you are, are you you know mostly working from home um do you have you know do you have aspirations to start your own you know online radio station i mean what do you you know really want to do from home Right. And well, unfortunately, I, I'm not able to work because, I, you know, I have to stay in bed much of the time. And oh, good. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I've learned I, I read. Uh, I catch up on episodes. A lot. I like biographies and history mm-hmm. uh, and, and things of that nature. And, you know, and I still get to be with my family, uh, you know, during the summer. My I've got a 16 year old son, so he's here during the summer. And so, you know, I get to be with him. I get to be with my wife and she's not at work. So. Uh, I have that, but it, it, I don't know about a internet radio station. I have thought about it, but uh, I just don't know if I, if I have, have enough gumption to do it and have enough energy to do that as well. I see. I see. <laughs> I'm sure I, I, I do understand you, but I'm also sure it's possible. You know, anything, yes. anything is possible from home now, you know? Right. Yes. Um, so what are some other topics that you want to, that you hope to dig into on your podcast, 
and what are some other and what are some other topics that you want uh, my opinion from a blindness perspective on? What, what do you want to know? Uh, well, one thing I'm some of my other topics are going to be uh, well, you know, just keeping up with the latest with uh, the American Disabilities mm-hmm. Act. Uh, and, you know, which anything I think like that, needs, I think, but which, which just before I forget, I think sure. that act seriously needs a, a reboot. Uh, we, yes. need, we need to do a, a, a do over on that thing because, uh, you know, I, my opinion is, is that it's only, it's only half good. And what I mean is this, it's great that if you have a wheelchair, you're able to get into a building and access a movie theater and things like that. I, I support you in doing that. No, no questions asked. The problem with an act, the problem with a law is that it doesn't prevent people from having preconceived notions or opinions. Right. So until we, you know, on one hand, I think we need to edit that act to bring it up to the standards of 2021. However, I would be hesitant to do it. I, you know, if I was a lawmaker and in, and in a position of power, I would hesitate simply on the grounds that laws don't change people's opinions. Um, right. So I'm not really sure. I don't know. What do you think about it? Do you think there's some way of refurbishing that act that really would change people's opinions? I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I think... Part of the problem is it's just they passed the law, the Americans with Disabilities Act, and then that was just pretty much it. You know, they, I mean, yeah, they started enforcing buildings and such, but it's been so long ago that it's just, don't, you don't hear about it anymore. And I think that's part of the problem there. And they need to just make it more aware that, hey, you know, these people are people too. They're just like you. They just can't get places the way that you can and they're not less of a person because they're handicapped and we're doing the you know we've got this ada to help them so they can enjoy the things you're enjoying every day right sure so um, but i mean what's i guess what specific changes do you prescribe or do you really feel that need need to be edited in there i mean it's it's a very important topic for you so tell me what do you think well you know, things I notice when I'm going places are sometimes the handicap spots are right in front and at other, in other establishments, the, the parking, the parking spaces are further away, which I huh. have not understood that, you know, I, I was, you know what, I'm, I'm blind and I can't drive a car, but I was wondering the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I no, yeah. seriously, because yeah, that, that, that makes no sense. Why, you know, can, can you come up, can you come up with a reason why you put a handicap space far, far from the establishment? I, I don't know yeah. why, why it's, why is it there then? I mean, really, what's the point, you know? Right. I don't know. And the only, th- I mean, I may be just guessing here, but my point I think is that they're just, uh, okay, well, this will make us ADA compliant. So here, here's the, here's the spaces we're going to cater to the people who can't get in that well. Now, and I could be totally wrong, but that's just the way it looks to me when sure. I see a business like that. And, you know, and, and I'll go to businesses too, and they'll have a button you push, you know, for wheelchairs, yeah. but they don't have it turned on. Well, you've got this, you need to keep it turned on. Or you'll go to a store and they've got a button for you to push, which is up high to get their attention. You need help getting in a door. Okay. But that's, <laughs> but you know what? That's no, but that's, that's in my opinion. Okay. In my, from a blindness perspective, 
that's discriminatory because you in your wheelchair, you, you should not be required to get someone's attention inside a store if they're open. Right. If they're open, yes. you need to be able to enter the store with independence. And I will, right. gla- I will gladly um, uh, support you in, in writing any sort of letter. And I know, seriously, I mean it. Any sort of letter or article that you want to publish that you want me to be aware of about changing those little clauses, those little things. I think probably then it sounds like if it's about parking spaces, public spaces, cities, it sounds like we're getting into a notion of, um, you know, US, you know, HUD, housing and urban development. So it sounds like there's certain committees, maybe housing and urban development department um, of certain cities and certainly at the national level that would need to take a look at that and would need to probably pass a specific law stipulating that in every parking lot, the requirement is that the handicapped space needs to be in this perspective, in this precise space. Right. The problem, and here's, here's the reason why they shouldn't do it. I can already build an argument against it. They would say, well, what if it's a privately owned business on someone's land and they don't want to be told where to put the handicapped spaces because it's their own land. So you're definitely going to run into a, a situation like that. Yes. Um, the other, the other thing that always, that always cracks me up. I, I and I, I really can't understand it. Maybe you can explain it to me. So, um, my, my mother, uh, my mother had had a joint, a joint replacement surgery. Had had a knee surgery, and sometimes she has a hard time walking. And I, I so I, I live with my parents and my brother and my father, and I love to give her a hard time. You know. You really could get a handicap. You really should get a handicap sticker. No, no, seriously. Right? right. No, no, seriously. And yeah, I say, exactly. And I've been telling her for years. I say, Mom, you're allowed to, you really are allowed to park in a handicap space because I'm with you, right? If, I mean, I'm blind. So does, is it, isn't it okay for her to park in a handicap space? Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. That's, you know, that, that's what I've thought. Yeah. Yeah. If you're with her, uh, yeah. Cause that's, you know, my wife does most of the driving and, right. uh, you know, and, and if it's a place I'm not going to do much walking, I'll use my my cane. But, uh, you know, mm. most of the time it's going to be a lot of walking. I'll either use my walker or a wheelchair. But, yeah, we we have my my sticker with us and uh, we'll uh, we'll park in there so I can have easy access to the to the building. And I will say this one peeve of mine is when I see people that aren't handicapped using those and abusing because you know they may have a friend or family member who is and they'll park there and i'll walk them i'll i'll see them walk right in and walk right back out and get in and go and i'm like are you kidding me i didn't i had to look for a parking space because you who can park anywhere you want to took up a space for someone who can't i yes you're right that's that's weird but then in my mind, I would think, well, the one time I ask, that would be the time where they come up with a real reason. Like, oh, well, I have an honest to God emergency. I'm like really rushing or I have some weird reason where I feel the need to do that. You know, I mean, right. there could be there could be some weird reason. Yeah. And, and, and with my luck, <laughs> I would get the person that had the real excuse. And then 
and then they would get all upset and then it would be the blind person's fault for, for yelling at the person who, who should have parked in the handicap truck. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. So I, I, always I, know, tell, I always tell myself, to, but see, the one time, the one time I speak up, no, 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 I'm, it's my fault. My fault. Always my fault. No matter if I'm yeah. right or not. Exactly. So and this is, this is a big problem. And, you know, we're able to laugh about it. We're able to, to be, to, to joke around, to kid each other about it. But People in the disability community do not always know when it's okay to speak up and there is a time to speak up and there's right. also a time to, to go about our business and actually ignore the bad behavior. So Yeah, and, you, and it, that's it, what I do. It's tricky. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I ignore it. It just, sense. yeah, I see what you're saying and I ignore it, uh, but it's just frustrating <laughs> at times though. But yeah, and, and I don't bring it up because I know that that yeah. person may have a reason uh, well, why and, they and did in their, that. And in their, and in their, because you know what? If you're one of those like weird rude people you know like taking the time to find to look around for the handicap space that kind of takes some energy and most people who are that rude are too lazy yeah so in, in my mind as a blind person my guess would be they probably had some really weird reason right and, and although it was rude to you they maybe didn't mean it necessarily i mean it is rude to you but right they, yeah. they might not have actually meant it that way so there, yes. there is because that's that's a weird thing to do i'm sure there was a real reason right yeah. um but yeah yeah that's so that's okay so you want um the handicapped um spaces to be in a proper location and perhaps there needs to be some stipulation on who truly is allowed to park there um and right. for what yeah and for what purpose excellent yeah. okay well that's probably a little bit difficult, but I certainly agree with you. And, and, and what else? Um, you know, just another reason for the show is so mm -hmm. we can help each other. You know, yeah. like I may have a problem doing something on a day-to-day -day basis that somebody may have a life hack that would help me do it, you know, and maybe the other way around. They, there may be someone out there listening that they're having trouble doing one thing that somebody like me or someone else can actually help. Hey, this is how I do it it'll help you, you know, and that it was, a, you know, just as a community for all of us to come together and say, hey, we're disabled, but we can help each other. And we can get through this a whole lot better when we all come together. I completely, I completely agree with you. And once I add you to my WhatsApp group, you will find um, all of the guests that have already participated or helped me uh, from around the world. We truly are a global community here at Aaron's Opinion. So I'm sure you will find uh, many, many, many of them um, who will be more than willing to help you with those types of life hacks. And that's another excellent, another excellent point for, for sure. Yes. 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 Um, so are you still uh, in the Tulsa, Oklahoma area today? Yes, I am. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm in my house right now uh, at my computer where I do my podcasts. Well, that's, well, that's great. And uh, from a disability perspective, what can you tell me about the state of Oklahoma? I mean, I've, I, I've never been. It's, it, it, it's a good state. Um, you know, and like, like I say, there's some businesses that are more difficult than others. Uh, but overall, for the most part, it is definitely a, a handicap accessible state. Uh, and, and they do a good job of, of trying to keep it that way. Good. Good. So do you feel there are many people with uh, handicaps and disabilities in, in Oklahoma, in Tulsa? Uh, I do. I really do. I don't, you know, I don't know how many, but I'm sure there's probably more than I realize or other people realize. Mm. Uh, but yeah, but yeah I, I do believe there is a, a fairly 
significant uh, community of handicapped people here in Tulsa. Interesting. Okay, good. Um, and when you when you were traveling, what were some of your funniest things that have have, have ever happened to you um, on a uh, on on a trip? Oh my goodness! Uh, <laughs> some really uh, really weird stuff right. happens when you travel. Oh <laughs> uh, well, I don't know if this would be considered funny or weird, but uh, we went uh, on a camping trip to California, and we camped near San Diego. And okay, this was in the summertime. This was in July, but they were having a very unusual cold snap. And we ended up having to go buy blankets and <laughs> sleeping bags for our trip in San Diego, California <laughs> in the summertime that we were expecting, oh, it's gonna be nice and warm and, we're, <laughs> and nope, that didn't happen. <laughs> that's, that's weird. That's very, very strange. So, and what else can you tell me about that trip? I mean, did, did you also do backpacking or long, you know, long haul hikes? I mean, what, what can you tell me about that? Well, we, what we did was we, uh, it was my wife and kids and then my brother-in-law and we, we drove to the Grand Canyon uh, and then we went and spent the night in Phoenix and then we drove to California. Uh, our main reason for camping is because we like the experience of camping together as a family. And, you know, it just made the trip that much more cheaper, uh, obviously, because we, we spent like four or five nights in, in, at a campsite. So uh, and before we headed back home. Uh, and of course, we didn't do as much on the way back home. But, but yeah, we we just like camping together. And uh, yeah, especially when you've got a brother-in-law who <laughs> eats things that can make things stink if you know what i mean <laughs> in a tent i i see i see that's <laughs> that is that is certainly that is certainly interesting for for sure um yeah yes well good um and what are some other uh podcasts that you have already you know listened to um, have you been, you know, contacted by other podcasts? Have other people reached out to you? No, uh, no, they haven't. I, and I haven't had, uh, I haven't gotten to listen to too many podcasts. Uh, there is one that I've been listening to and, uh, uh, they seem like, a some people I'd like to ask on. And in fact, I want to have you on my podcast, uh, here in the oh, next couple of weeks, I would, I would, I would be honored, and absolutely yes. And that's that is so much more rewarding to be the guest on someone else's podcast. I, I love being the guest. That is yes. so good, so good. Um, well, well, that's well, that's interesting. I mean, what what type of podcast was it in general? Who were who were those people? Like who who was it? Generally? There were a couple. Yeah, it was a couple of disabled guys from Australia. Oh. And yeah, and they they have people on uh, the, the guests they had on that I heard uh, what he started doing is he goes around collecting uh, tin cans and selling those so he can uh, help people that are handicapped be uh, be uh, employed. He pays them through the money he gets from the from the uh, cans he collects. And, uh, you know, that, that was a. I thought that was such a bright idea. And uh, that's, that's what I heard on that episode. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, in certain states, I guess they give money if you recycle your cans. I don't know how much money you can, you can yeah. acquire. I, was right. wonder, I would wonder how much money 
have they saved up with all the cans? That, that would be the next question. But right, he he said, and I can't remember offhand, but it was it was impressive how how he's actually doing that. And he gives the you know people who are handicapped, he gets them uh, a sense of purpose and lets them know that they're just as uh, they're just as important as someone else. Right, 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 and that that is definitely important. Yeah. Well, that's good. I've had a couple Australian guests on this podcast, not many, um, with, the, with the time zone gap being as severe as it is, it's a little hard to get them on. That's, right. That's the only thing you'll struggle with is just finding a time where both of you are awake enough at the same time. That's, that's, yes. a trick. that's a trick. Right. Um, of course it's not even the same season, so they might be cold and you might be too hot, you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah, that's always very interesting. But I think there are probably many Australian podcasters that I've never heard of. Um, but we do have Australian listeners here at Aaron's Opinion, so who knows? Um, cool. Well, that's that's really that's really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. What are some other some other uh, critical issues um, that you that you want to ask? Um, not that I can. Um can't really i'm one of these that thinks of questions later on normally uh after i've thought about it for a while but um you know i mean what's it like for you on a daily basis not i i was nearsighted till my 40s mm-hmm. and and i had cataracts in my 40s so i wasn't completely blind but i was close to being legally blind but fortunately with cataracts you know they did surgery and i only have to wear readers now but i you know, so I, I know I don't even begin to have an, uh, an idea of what it's like for you, but what's it like for you on a daily basis? Well, in my case, the, the easier part for me is that I was born blind. Now, I've had seven cornea transplants um, in my lifetime, the majority of which were done when I was an infant and a very small baby in the early 90s. Um, and, I'm, and next month I turn 30. So for me, you know, if it wasn't for the limitations of society, I think my life would be just as easy or just as difficult as life is. The thing that I am noticing now as an older adult is I'm starting to notice society more, you know, because when you're like a little blind kid, you know, you're, you think your life is hard, but it's actually really easy to just brush things off when you're a little kid, you know, right. um, and to forget about stuff. But as I got older and as I got out of university and started working and started seeing, you know, real life, I pretty quickly realized that society here in the United States is not terribly accommodating to, right. to people with disabilities. Um, and I, I do think it's actually gotten a little bit worse as, as time has gotten on, as people have become more isolated, you know, more time at home, more video games. I think people have really lost a sense of, you know, the same sense of social responsibility that there was in the, you know, 1990s when I was growing up, like a, a really little guy. So yeah. that's... It's, that's what life is like is 
if you're born blind, it's all good in a lot of ways. It's difficult in others, but then it gets really hard once you grow up and you start to notice things, you know, little, yes. little things. And, you know, it's not like, it's not just one big thing. It's a lot of little things that each year kind of sprinkle around and kind of add up, kind of like little blocks, almost like layers of a pyramid, you know? The problems kind of start to get more and more and more and more. And I can't tell if it's just because now I'm almost 30 years old that I'm able to notice it more and I'm more mature and I'm able to understand it more, or even worse, if the problems really are getting worse each year. You right. know, where, yeah. I don't know, which one do you think that, which, where, where is the <laughs> truth there? What do you think? I think it could be a combination of both. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah, I, I would, I would think it's a combination because, you know, you, you know, everyone changes as they get older too, you know, and more experience and, and you pay more attention to, to different things at different ages than, uh, you know, you did when you were younger. So I would think it's a combination of both. Probably. Probably so. Probably so. You know, to, to reminisce, I was listening to a podcast, not for the, not having anything to do with the disability community, although I would love to have them on, actually, they're two of my favorite podcasters. And they were talking about pogs um, from, from the early 90s. And then it reminded me of pogs and how I remember being really little, like maybe three or four and, and looking at a pog. So those, you know, those are the types of things that children back in those good old days would have noticed you know right but when you when you grow up and you lose your pogs you know then you have to go out into society and, <laughs> and start noticing real things i guess <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> i get i guess but um i don't know i think i think those types of customs will will start to come back in in society in, in different ways mm -hmm. yes 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 I suppose pogs are what the Yu-Gi-Oh and Pokemon is of today, basically. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> very similar. Very, right. very similar in, in, in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah. Did, did you ever have any of those pogs? I didn't. Um, I never had one. Never had even, even one? Not even one. Oh, God, your life is... How how can you function? You never had one? Oh, you know, it's no, not even one. My my I live an insignificant life. <laughs> no, I, I, I never had one. No 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 joke no joke intended, no pun intended. Right, exactly. For people with disabilities. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> were you were you over i mean you know i mean I, I i give myself a lot of opinionated credit i mean i think i mean i think i'm a pretty witty guy but that that, that was that was good material did, did you always use that that, that material in, in in the radio world uh that, that very witty sense of humor yeah yeah i did uh yeah whenever something <clears throat> funny would would come out i'd you know or i think of something i'd use it <laughs> yeah, you, you think of you think of you think of something funny, and then you think of the questions after they left. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, that's that's just the way I am. <laughs> so, what are some what are some other um, 
you know, things that you like to follow? I mean, I know that you like listen to podcasts from Australia, but um, what are some other things that you follow, like from other countries or some other news that really, um, you know, in, in interests you? And have you connected, um, because there are so many communities for blind people, but have you connected with the communities for people, you know, in your situation and things like that? And how have they, how, how, how have they received you? Uh, I haven't really, I've only been doing this for a month now. I'm just getting my feet wet. And, uh, but that's what I plan on doing over the next few weeks is, you know, is, is getting in touch with other, uh, other groups and, and seeing what's out there and, you know, and seeing, seeing what they need or seeing what they can help me with. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm still trying to get my feet wet because once I do my podcast, I have to go lay down for a while before I actually produce it and publish it. Mm. But uh, th yeah, that's, that's, that's what I'm going to be doing here in the next few weeks. Well, good, good. Yeah, I find that some of these groups really are, I think you will find a lot of similarity um, with the blindness groups. There's a lot of negativity in these groups and a lot of people, you know, say all these negative, the, the attitude is very negative in, in many of these uh, in many of these Facebook groups for, for, for blind people. So, you know, it can be very hard for blind people to feel better when everybody else in the group kind of pulls them down. And it's, it's just a big, a big problem in the community, I think. Yeah, right. <clears throat> um, that is, that is very interesting. Have you, in the past, did, did you travel much uh, over, you know, overseas? No, I only went on one trip overseas. It was a missions trip to uh, it was a missions trip to Haiti, and oh. this was right after the the uh, earthquake. And and this this we had already planned on going there before the earthquake. Then when the earthquake happened, they opened up the airport right about the time for us to go. So we're like, we've got to go now. You know, mm. there's there's no question. And we went. Uh, that's the only overseas travel I've done. I'd like to go to Italy someday, but but yeah, that was that was a hot trip, but it was a, a very fulfilling trip. Uh, helping out the people there in Haiti. Oh, what can now? What can you tell me about that? I, I mean, I, I've never been. To, although I do speak French, I've never been to Haiti. It, it's it's a you know it it's definitely a third world country, and you know it's sad because you'll see you'll see people you know that are are poor, and then you'll see a lot of people are poor. But then you get on the coast where the where the ocean is, and you'll have these resorts. Uh, you know, for people to go vacationing in, but then you'll see people walking for several miles just to get medical help. Uh, and, you know, they'll walk several miles a day just so they can see a doctor. Yeah. They'll have to walk several miles back home. And, and, you know, that's just, it's hard to, you know, it, you don't really understand that until you actually see it. Mm -hmm. And then when you see it, you think, man, we are, we're so blessed where we are that we don't have to walk several miles to get something. Right, right. Yeah, I volunteered in St. Lucia uh, many years ago. And St. Lucia is a very nice country, but they also have their their problems too with poverty and lack of resources. And it's a, that, that whole region, you know, the Caribbean region, it, it's a beautiful part of the world. It's a beautiful way to live. Yes. Um, it really is wonderful. But the problem is, is that there's so much poverty uh, everywhere. It's quite, 
stifling the 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 level of poverty in that in that region. Um, yes. Although there's probably poverty really everywhere, but especially in that region. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> I see. So what specifically did you do in in Haiti? Well, I uh, I was there with the with the video camera, uh, catching mm. most of the stuff. But I also also helped uh, helped with uh, an orphanage while I was there, and that was until I uh, hit my head and got a big gash and had to have staples. Oh my <laughs> so god! So then I then the rest of the time I was in bed. <laughs> but I I still have wonderful memories of that that place. You know the 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 medical staff there was from san antonio so when they saw me come in they goes oh yay we've got a foreigner because they knew they didn't have to translate <laughs> I, by treating a foreigner in haiti they're treating a you know a, a u.s citizen so they're you know they they know that they're going to be able to to you know communicate with me a lot easier not that they right. don't like i mean they love right. the other people but it was just kind of a surprise for them to see a, a person from the u.s walking in for treatment in a haitian hospital so <laughs> yeah, that's that's definitely a bit jarring that yes that that's that's, a bit, that's okay that's unsettling that, that <laughs> yes. would really freak them out that's unsettling <laughs> um that, that's that is very and how did you hit your head in this orphanage unloading medical supplies off a um it's a vehicle that has a cage on the back, kind of like a pickup, but it has got a big cage on the back oh. uh, and you can ride in them, uh, but you can also haul stuff and the doors were open, but I'm a short guy and the corner of him was about my height. So I, I was moving something around and bang, hit my head on the corner of one of those doors. And it oh, was, I hate uh, that. I hate that. oh yeah. And it was, it was, uh, it was rusty. Uh, of course I had my tetanus shot before I went. So that was a good thing. But uh, yeah, that's how I did it. I was unloading medical supplies. <clears throat> I see. I see. Well, that is um, a very, a very, very, very interesting, very interesting experience. I've been all over Europe uh, because I speak French. Um, yeah, you would probably like Italy, but um, unless you speak Italian, it's a little difficult um, to go, you know, to go to Italy, I think. Right. My wife took some, well, she's, she majored in Spanish and uh, then she also took some Italian. So, um, mm. I think we, I think we'd be able to make it, uh, you know, if we went over there, of course, I'm sure she'd brush up on hers and I'd try to learn as much as I could before we went. Oh, oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I went to, um, a particular city in, in Italy near, uh, near Nice. And I was able to speak French there because there are so many French people that go to this one market in this Italian village that all the people who work there speak French now. So it's it's very useful to be able to speak French or yes. or Italian in those in those types of settings, um, because most of those people do not speak English, um, really, yes. really at, at all, really, um, especially in France. I, I don't know if they speak any English in in Italy or not, but probably not. So yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure what what the percentage is of those who speak English. Very, but... very, very, I would say, I would guess very low, very low. Those yeah. Italy and France are very um, centered around their their native languages more than more than others, for, you know, for sure. But yeah, uh -huh. I mean, where where in Italy do you want to go specifically? Would you go uh, to like uh, Pompeii or? 
Uh, I'm going to go to Rome uh, mm-hmm. and uh, go to Tuscany. And, uh, mm. you know, I, I, the pictures I've seen of the area of Tuscany is beautiful. And that's where we'd like to go to Rome and in the Tuscany area would be the main places. <clears throat> and what is there to do in, in Tuscany? Uh, just uh, sightseeing, you know, just not much to do, but it's mainly what we would do is just to, to see the beautiful land. Mm. And, and, and the, you know, and the houses are so, there's the, the architecture of houses over in that area is, is really cool. So that, that, that's the reason why it would be to see the beautiful land and, and the architecture. Right. Oh, definitely. Well, look, um, we're, we are starting to run out of time. Um, I cannot wait to guest on your podcast. You've done a, a absolutely magnificent job. You're a great speaker. Loved having Thank you. you here. And of course, I'm looking forward to having you back because once you're on Aaron's opinion, you're always you're always welcome to come back and record more episodes. And you're always a always a member of 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 the of the community here for sure. But sure, I always like to ask guests one question, and I'm sure you're going to uh-huh. come up with a great one. If you can really make me sweat and ask me only one question to see if I'm worth my salt, what do you really want to know about me? What is your favorite thing that makes you happy? Probably I would say teaching people. My, my work teaching gives me a lot of happiness. Okay, um, good. Watching, so working makes me happy. Uh, watching videos about parrots and, and lizards and snakes because I, I have a fixation with parrots, those. Um, looking at scary videos, looking at like different um, kind of uh, creepy content, that type of thing always, always gives me a lot of, a lot of joy and entertainment for, 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 for sure. Yeah. Cool. Cool. And if someone, uh, that's a very, that, that was a very interesting question um, and, and a great one to ask. So if someone would like to get in touch with you personally, if someone wants to talk to you, about endurance required, where and how do they do that? Okay, they can, uh, they can contact me at enduranceRequiredPodcast at gmail.com. And that's enduranceRequiredPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, I am also, uh, also have a page on Facebook, Endurance Required. And then I also have Endurance Required uh, page on Instagram as well. So you can reach me at those two uh, there as well. Excellent. Excellent. Okay, everybody. Well, that is, uh, that is most definitely, um, you know, all, almost all of the time that I have, I really, really enjoyed talking to you. And Thank I'm you. sure, I'm sure you'll, I'm sure you'll be back. Um, yes. So do you have any, any last words for, for the listener? No, just, uh, just keep going. And, and, you know, the more people you have that can help you, the better you are and the more endurance you'll have. And, uh, you know, the, the, the more community you have, then everybody can help each other. And, and it definitely makes this place better. It definitely makes this place better. I completely agree with you. And there you have it. That was endurance. Right here on Aaron's Opinion, the podcast for blind people where we speak about critical issues uh, in the blindness community. Of course, you're listening to Life Improvement Radio on the Helium Radio Network. Jason, you did a great job, and I wish you the very best of health. 
Um, and I really do hope that you continue to put out great episodes of your podcast because it, it really, it really is very, very well done. And I tremendously enjoy uh, listening to you speak and hearing your, your witty sense of humor and your great uh, sense of, of endurance about going through life. So uh, I wish you very, the very best of health to all the listeners of Aaron's Opinion. Very best of health to you. Thanks so much to everyone at the Helium Radio Network. And until next time, just remember, uh, telephone number 1240-681-9869, Aaron'sOpinion6 at gmail.com. Follow on Facebook, Twitter, comment on YouTube, even consider becoming a patron on my Patreon. This has been Endurance. I'm Aaron Richmond. That was Aaron's Opinion on Life Improvement Radio on the Helium Radio Network. Thank you.